Hedgehog and Bienvenidos Bear Den Nation. And I hope you're ready to be blown to the moon by today's Uber Cinco, the podcast game show where we deep dive top fives. I'm Brian Ernst, your host for today's festivity. And in the den today is Mitch Brinkman versus Nathan Henenfint. Today, our contestants will reveal and defend their top five skills you wish you had. To my left, the ginger-haired fellow, Mitch. How are you this evening? Um, I'm I'm feeling really good. Um, I want to thank um, you guys for getting up early and recording at a different time because I'm about to 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 bust out. I'm I'm going north, guys. I'm going to Minnesota. I'm going to a cabin. I'm gonna awake to the sounds of birds and moving water, and I can't wait. So um, this this will be. Thank you, thank you. So hello, yes, hi. Cool. I misspoke and said evening, so thank you for correcting the the oh. record and saying day. <laughs> That's minus one point already. Dang Nathan. it. <laughs> <laughs> How are the busy fire station run streets of Irving Park today? Uh, only two sirens so far, and it's uh, my clock on the wall says 12, 16 p.m., so it's going to be a slow day, I think. Well, the day is young, so <laughs> as a reminder, don't forget to stick with us until the end of the show where I, Brian Ernst, will give you my Fast Five send-off where I'll rattle off the definitive list of the top five passive-aggressive computer errors. And a quick message for our returning listeners. We love pleasing your ear holes and are always looking for more to fill. So please consider dropping us a review wherever you download fine podcasts and be sure to share with your friends. And if you have a topic or fast five you're dying for us to cover, head on over to bizbear.biz to submit your suggestion. We may even battle it out on an upcoming episode. And for you newbies, let us wake you out of hibernation with a quick rundown of the rules. Each player in the den has spent time with today's topic, arranging their top five answers in order of importance. Those answers have been submitted to the host who will moderate the game, awarding points to the player with the most poignant answer. Starting with their number five choice, we'll move up the ranks until we reach each of their top answers. But if both contestants happen to have the same answer on their list, well, we have an Uber Stereo. You will hear the official Uber Cinco siren, and both players must reveal their answer and what number they ranked their submission. An Uber Staredown is all or nothing, with one player earning three points. After all answers have been read, the host will reveal the final score. And as host, I am entitled to institute a house rule for today's game. Name a skill that I have, and you'll earn a point for fluffing my ego. Mention a skill that makes me jealous, and you'll lose a point. It's going to be a very Machiavellian day, boys, so strap in. Nathan, you won the pre-show shot put toss, so you will go first. You're number five, please. All right. Uh, Number five is salsa dancing. Whoa! (laughs) Salsa dancing. Now, there's a couple reasons. One, I have had maybe half of a salsa dancing lesson. Sure. Um, and it was very informal. It was at a party. It was just like, here's here's kind of what it was. And so it was about 45 seconds of me actually trying and then just, just breaking down into my normal dancing, which is not salsa dancing or any other kind of dance. It is a gangly six foot three white guy just trying his hardest that's i think what you could describe my dance style as is trying his hardest that would be the nicest way you could (laughs) say it but uh it was it it was like it's fun salsa music gets gets me up and going it's a party atmosphere that tropical uh latin flavor and i recently was well when i say recently within the last year i was at a i was at a bar here in chicago that had uh salsa dancing but it was confined it was confined to like this tiny little corner of like barely room for a dance floor mm-hmm. but uh there were all these uh beautiful gorgeous women who had come there just to salsa dance and then there were some guys there who knew how to salsa dance and they were super popular but there was one guy and he was about five foot four <laughs> looked like he <laughs> he hadn't showered in about a week <laughs> and just uh not the most handsome young man I've ever seen in my life, but that man could salsa. And these, and these girls were all 
over him. And he was... I I think he was using this power uh, for evil and not for good at all times. Because I saw, I saw his... Uh, not only were his moves going south of the border, but his hands were traveling places I, I, uh, I was tut-tutting at from uh, over in sure. the corner. Well, you're a good Catholic. I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyways... Uh, I sat there uh, watching all these people have super good time salsa dancing, and I uh, it's it's one of those a lot of these things on my list today are surprise skills I wish I had. Like I want to be out in public and all of a sudden salsa music goes and I'm with a group of people and they have no idea that I can absolutely salsa with the best of them, and then I just jump out and it's like, whoa, I didn't know he had that in him. And, uh, <laughs> So maybe I'll, I'll follow up on that one half of a salsa dancing lesson I had and uh, actually follow through with this one. Got it. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I, I blacked out for a little bit. All I picked up from that is you want to be an, <laughs> you want to be an ugly, homeless Napoleon guy who dances. So that's fine. I mean, if that's what you want, I, I, I can get behind that. But uh, do you I see can... yourself more as a, a salsa roja or a salsa verde kind of dancer? That's, oh, that's, that's oh you know. beat me to it. I was going to say but mild, medium, or hot. But, um... I, mean, I, 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 I always order salsa verde at uh, Chipotle, so I guess I guess that answers that. Yeah, you're definitely you a go. verde kind of guy in my book. And it's like I feel like I could see you graduate. I was, I was verde with envy. Oh, <laughs> Man, we are just a bilingual podcast, wow. now, folks. If I'm if, if I'm running the salsa bar too, um, I mean I'm I'm gonna have a buffet. No, sorry, but no, like when like I can imagine you calling, and it'll be the first pers- first time we ever hear a voice like, "Yes, hello, do you have salsa dancing?" <laughs> like, yes, we do. <laughs> okay, excellent. I will be in Friday. You know, like, that was the most serious, uh, you know, soprano, uh, baritone. Caller ever for salsa dancing. Wow. I hate to be a stinker, but our ponytails provided for everyone's safety. (laughs) I mean, I could see you tearing this up. I could see you easily going, uh, graduating quickly from Elaine Bennis to this 5'4 Napoleon smelly guy real quick. So, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do it. This is going on the to do list. I'm marking this down today. Today is when I start the the quest to become a good salsa dancer. And it's really hard because all I keep thinking about is one of my favorite scenes from Along Came Polly of Ben Stiller being forced into a uh, a salsa club with his fresh New Balance sneakers and uh, <laughs> learning to do it just to impress Jennifer Aniston. So I think uh, I think you're going to tear this up. See, there's a precedent. There's a precedent. <laughs> I well, when I first uh, was taught salsa, it was um, in a Latin American appreciation class at DePaul and uh, the Colombian um, female student in the class got up was like who wants to like try I'll you know I'll teach you and I, and I was you know I was game back then it's like yeah sure I'll do it and then didn't realize how much my hips were going to move and um, how <laughs> sexual I would feel very quickly um, but uh, it was like yeah like 45 seconds and afterwards I thought you know what all you have to do is just let the rhythm move through your body and like just let it all go and just you know, try and just let your your wild heart run, and then salsa will come to you. So I think it's you know it's it's all about gumption. It's all about um, fire in your belly for it. So um, good luck on your journey. <laughs> I I will 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 definitely in 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 a year's time on this podcast we'll do a follow up and see how how I've done. Yeah, I think we need to do a full series of all three of us taking a salsa class. <laughs> <laughs> And it will blow everyone to the moon. All right, Mitch, uh, try and top that with your number five, please. Sure, yeah. My number five um, is, um, it's a combination of, uh, I would be able to play the piano very well and just have, I don't know if it's um, synesthesia, like you, is it like where you see music or whatever, like you see notes, but essentially just have... You have colors assigned to like numbers and musical notes, and uh, yeah, yeah, which normally equates with people being musical geniuses, right? Isn't that kind of well? I have synesthesia, so oh, yes. wow, oh, yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> uh, I, I was gonna say, Brian, don't you also have that, you musical genius? You, um, uh huh, I'm not gonna, I'm not taking the bait, please continue. <laughs> Dang it, okay, but um, so this is inspired by um, for Christmas, I got. Elton John's uh, record 111770, which was recorded um, at AR Studios in uh, New York. 
and um, it's a live album in studio. It was recorded to go out on radio. And just the way he tickles the keys, the way he commands a room, um, the way he took honky-tonk women for a walk, and in the final song, which is Burn the Mission Down, just 18 minutes of just just exploring the goddamn space, um, a little bit of uh, Get Back uh, is in there as well. And so just being able to play the piano and just you know dance around on it, um, get up, throw your head back, um, and also if someone throws some sheet music in front of you, immediately be able to read it and play it on the piano. Um, that's my number five. Obviously, Christmas parties are going to be off the freaking chain with this. Um, <laughs> chestnuts roasting on open fire will just, again, it will it will consume my body, and uh, people people will just assume I'm part Santa Claus. Um, <laughs> in a quiet um, restaurant where there's a piano not being played by a guy asking for tips. I finish my dessert and I pop over for a quick 10 minutes um, and I donate all the tips uh, to the, to the most um, needy looking uh, um, bus boy. You know, that's, that's another fantasy <laughs> Friday night out at a steakhouse. So I would, I would love to be at the Christmas party with you in a Santa suit and a cigar and a glass of scotch, just hammering out run, run Rudolph on the <laughs> piano. And then giving all of your tips to the nearest smelly salsa dancer. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, if I wanted this skill, I would take it one step further and just jump right over sight reading and just being able to play anything by ear. I suppose, yeah. I would just okay. be like, I, anything I've ever heard, I can recall at a moment's notice and it just, it just flows out. There's yeah. no notes, there's no colors, there's no anything. It's just, I am just, I can do it. Especially since I'm, I'm dreaming real high here. But uh, it's the one thing I've never been able to do. Sight reading and playing by ear. I just do not have that skill whatsoever. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I've taken piano lessons, but again, it was at a time when they taught piano very traditionally and it just, it just wasn't any fun. Um, and I wish, <laughs> what? I'm just trying You've to never had that. a traditional piano lesson? Come on. I'm just trying to think what that like entails. What makes it so Yeah, what, what did you want school? them to do differently? <laughs> just, you know, just like, just bring me right to the Beatles. You know, don't, don't stop at these boring traditional songs I've never heard of. Bring well, me right to the pop music that I you like. Don't, you don't need someone to teach you how to do that. You got YouTube. What? You got YouTube. Just get well, a piano and watch people play. And some people will teach you just Beatles lessons online. You don't have to pay for the old lady down the street that's got an out-of-tune piano. Just, just do it yourself. Okay, well, you know, when I took piano lessons, there wasn't YouTube, okay? Um, I'm is, old, Brian, I'm sorry. You're not old. You can teach an old dog new tricks. I want to okay. see you playing the Tickle in the Ivories, and okay. I want to see him salsa dancing in 12 months. You know what? Actually, you're right. Danny, my live-in girlfriend, uh, yes, I have a significant other. Sorry, everyone. Um, but she just got a keyboard. And so, yes, I could do this. I'm going to teach myself piano through YouTube. Nathan's dancing. I'll be playing the piano. Give us 12 months. It'll be oh, a fucking right. party. We are doing this. Yes. We are doing this. Finally. Oh, also, also, I wanted to say, just like everyone at some point in a friend group says we should buy a bar, that other saying that someone says at some point, we should start a band. And with this piano player, I can be in any band. I can just slip right in. So That's it. You're learning piano. You're going to be tickling the ivories every uh, Saturday. You're going to be salsa dancing, Nathan performing and it's going mm -hmm. to be in the bar that we own that has the logo on it of two navy men standing in a boat covered in syrup and we're going to call it the sticky semen and it will be <laughs> our bar all right so uh since nathan you're going to probably have a, a lot of arthritis going on in your pelvis i feel like you've earned the full three points for this for, for your healing and uh, your next 12 month journey and mitch i've said it on the show before i'll say it again Always wanted to start a band, so you're getting the full three points too. So now we finally got someone who could play keys. So three Woo! points all around. This round is a wash. Uh, Mitch, why don't you move on to your number four for us? Sure. Uh, my number four is Black Diamond Ski Skills. Ooh. Okay. Um, and with this, I'm saying the 21st century is a new time, a new era, and business is no longer on the on the links. It's now on the slopes. Okay. Um, <laughs> And I love skiing because it's adrenaline, it's speed, it's powder. It, it, it's like living in an 80s comedy, you know? Uh, <laughs> and here I thought about being a great skydiver or a great, um, like a wind squirrel 
suitor, a windsurfer kind of person. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. Like the what's exact name what's a those. great a great skydiver is just somebody who doesn't die, die. when they fall out of the plane. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, you know, like someone who, who can like go in and you know, do a very specific, accurate skydive, you know, like mm-hmm. someone who can just, who, who doesn't need anyone with them, um, who can do all the tricks or whatever. I don't know. Everyone hates um, like James, J- James Bond skydiving without a parachute and catching the guy who does and then fighting him yes. for the parachute. And then- <laughs> exactly. exactly. Did, you just, did you just moon rake us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, uh, for me, it'd be like in the middle of a skydive. Uh, you know, I, I prepare like a like a four cheese grilled cheese sandwich with mm-hmm. like some scrambled eggs on the side. You know, on a camping stove that I lit while falling <laughs> through the sky. Um, but no, the black diamond ski skills. Um, and I I like this instead of the skydiving or the other more extreme things because skiing is less isolated. You know, you do it with your friends. There's room for everyone on the slopes. Um, and Feeling that fresh pow pow underneath your skis as you bomb the run, you know you're going full gnar power on this as the weather provides those tasty fresh refills as fast as you can get up the lift, dude. Guys, that's that's a way to spend a day. Um, also, backcountry skiing through all parts of the great American Western mountain ranges would be wonderful. Um, I, also, I can't imagine the thrill and the speed induced by fear of like passing a cougar. They're going down a mountain and it's hungry and it turns and it's like, well, that's a bad cougar noise. Um, <laughs> okay, w- women over forty don't make that noise. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know, maybe. I do. <laughs> and then it comes after you, and you're all right, all right. you're you're cutting those slopes, you're slicing, you're dicing, um, and I don't know if you guys have ever been to like a, a big ski resort, but I've been once. And they're great. I mean, there's bars at every level of the mountain, um, and you just you're just skiing around. You pop up to a, a patio. You're meeting friends. You're 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 reconnecting with old ones. Um, you're enjoying a cold uh, Coors Light. The mountains are blue uh, in the <laughs> heart of Colorado. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, skiing is just um, and uh, I, like just just the, the the breeze through your hair. Um, everything about being outside and skiing, I love it. Um, and uh, yeah, that's my number four. So being an incredible skier. And I noticed here you you wanted to bypass traditional skiing skills and go straight to the black diamonds, which is Correct. which is which is good. Good. Yeah. No need. To, you don't want the old lady with the piano down the street. Exactly. Smart. Smart. I like how yeah, you yeah, graduated yeah. your level of thinking here, going from your five to your four. Yep. Uh, yeah, this is like a, I'm trying to combine all of the the stereotypical skiing things that are in my head. Yeah. Like I have the hot tub time machine era skiing mixed with uh, the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia making fun of 80s ski classics. Mm-hmm. Um, South Park episode where they're teaching them how to ski. Like there's everything going on here. And I think I, I would want to live in a fantasy bubble that is the ski slope. Um, oh yeah, I don't know. It's just I, I I've never been a skier. I've 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 done the bunny hill once. Mm-hmm. It was fun, and I was like, all right, cool, I got this. And I uh, I remember I was uh my uncle bought me a ticket when we went to this little ski slope thing. He was like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna get you a lift ticket. Um, you just can do the bunny hill if you want, but if you decide to go and try it. So we did the bunny hill a few times, and I got overly confident. And he was like, you got to try the lift before we leave at least once. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. And it went up to like a, probably a medium level uh, <laughs> slope. Is this, is this in Wisconsin? <clears throat> this is up in Wisconsin. This is a uh, Wilmot Mountain, I think is probably what you went to. It's way further north. This is oh, up, it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, this okay. is some random place. I don't even remember what it's called. Okay. But uh, it might be the Bodine Ski Resort. Anyway, I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take it slow. I'm just kind of just try. I got the side to side motion going. Not realizing that if you do it in a certain pattern, that actually speeds you up in a certain way because you're not mm-hmm. slowing down enough. Mm-hmm. So I am gaining a lot of speed. I hit a little bump and the front of my skis go into the snow, whoosh, flop, and then I land skis down, knees bent at a right angle, with my back dragging on the ground, going like this. <laughs> Sticks are gone. I slide to a stop. The second I don't hear anything but silence, all I hear coming from the lift is, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) So this is definitely not a skill I'm jealous of. (laughs) I am done with my skiing. I would would love to hang out at the ski lodge just wearing my nice, uh, cozy 
uh, sweater with mm-hmm. the, the turtleneck and uh, drinking some hot chocolate in, infused with a little bourbon. Mm-hmm. I would love that, but I would have to wait till ever the weekend's over, like Sunday morning, and we get everybody's getting the last one run in because I'm afraid of I'm afraid of heights and I hate chairlifts. So I can only go down I can only go down the hill. I can't come back up. So. And I feel like I would never want to do this. I, I feel like I'd be like Jason Sudeikis in Hall Pass, where I just want to carry proof that I do this. Like he's carrying the motorcycle helmet without a motorcycle. I feel like I just want to carry skis around a ski resort and be like, oh yeah, man, that was a, a shredded it up today. That powder's fresh. You need another beer? <laughs> I'll just stay am- with Nathan at the uh, at the lodge the whole time. I, I, I find it I find it hilarious that you just referenced Hall Pass for a very specific um, uh, visual joke, and I'm also I'm all, it's also funny, a little sad to me that I recently watched it as well because it's on <laughs> HBO Go right now, and I know exactly what you're talking about. So um, I mean, it's yeah. a, hey, it's a movie. It and we've movie. seen it. It is a movie. Uh, also, I want to mention first time out of uh, or to Europe this past October in Switzerland. We were there during uh, summertime, though. Would love to go back and ski down some mountains, passing some of those beautiful cows they got there. You know, um, who knows how how long the cows would be out on on snowy hill? But um, what a beautiful <laughs> country! Hill. And uh, yeah, so skiing would be just it would be awesome. And just the thrill of just you're on two skis and you're going like. 30 miles an hour and you're just that, that powder is just hit just 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 tickling your nose a little bit oh it's so much fun so all right nice switzerland flex all right Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> take us out to your number four uh well we're staying with the continental flavor uh speaking <laughs> french is what my number four ah now i i can't oui. speak i can't speak any other language um at all, I've tried Spanish on multiple occasions. I heard Verde about ten minutes ago. So yeah, yeah, it, it was. <laughs> that's about as far as it goes. Actually, I, I will say the brief story of the one time I did speak Spanish was uh, when I was living in, in London. I my friend uh, Gerardo, known known to you boys as Jerry, who Cheers, has man. spent some time with UBK Studios crew. Uh, he and his wife Sophie, when if I was around the two of them. And they found out I had taken two years of Spanish in high school. If the two of them were together at whatever event, they would start speaking to me in Spanish and just like force me to like keep up with it. And then uh, so after two years of that, I'm in Ireland and had several pints of Guinness. And uh, there was this woman from Germany, actually, who started speaking in Spanish. And I was responding to her for about 60 seconds. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm speaking Spanish. And everybody was like, yeah, don't you? And I was like, no. And then but now that when I became aware of it, I lost it entirely. Oh, so wow. languages aren't my thing. But I think I think it's another one that I would like to just if uh, I was walking around in the state somewhere and then uh, some people, some French folks were like lost and looking for directions or, or whatever, and they're having trouble with English. And then everybody's trying their best to help them, but the the language barrier is too much. And then I could just uh, jump in with a really suave French accent, and I'm not even going to try one because it will just be insulting. But, <laughs> but I think it would it would just be another jaw dropper and head turner. Like, where did that come from? Like, just and I'm not saying like speak French. I mean like perfect, like beautiful, yeah. fluent French. Um, I think, and I picked French as the language, obviously, because it's just the sexiest language, as everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 I'm, yeah, I remember the time I attempted to speak French once. I was lost somewhere in France and trying to get back to somewhere where I needed to be. Stopped a guy on the sidewalk and I had a map open and I was like, okay, I know the word for oceans, mare. And I'm like, I need to go south. Like it was just kind of like sued, I think. And I'm like trying to sound out these words, and this uh, the guy just put his hand on the map. He's like, "Thank you for trying. You need to go this way." <laughs> 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 yeah, that was nice. Or the time I walked into a, a, a Parisian restaurant because I really had to piss, and the only phrase I remembered from the plane, the book I was reading on the plane, "Où sont la toilette? Where's the bathroom?" He didn't point. He just said words. And I realized then that I didn't learn the answers to the question. <laughs> so I politely left the restaurants and went somewhere else. <laughs> so I, I see that I would want to learn any of these languages, whether it just be French or anything else, just so I could be an American in these places and just pick up when they're insulting me and then just say mm-hmm. something like snooty back like, 
I can understand you. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, a number of years ago. I was uh, I dated a woman who was a native French speaker, and we were at the uh, the Christmas fair downtown. Mm. Kindle market and yeah, the uh, Chris Kindle market. And we were, yeah. it was, it was just about to close and we were trying to get our, our hot chocolate because we, we arrived late and it was, you know, this is like the one thing we were going to get. And so we were, and it was a French, it was French people that were, uh, running the little stall. Mm-hmm. And so we ordered and they started saying something apparently very insulting, uh, about us because we, we were like, they wanted to go home. And so the girl I was with, she waited until the transaction was entirely complete. And then she said, like, a really long goodbye, like, thank you so much. Have a wonderful Christmas. What a you know, joy in the well. I at least know that one. Yeah. And, but she, in, in her perfect French, and they just looked, they, they shrank in size by about two feet, each of them. It was, it was a my, really glorious moment. That's my dream. I want to do that. I want to be able to do that in every language. Oh, man. Wonderful. That's so great. All right. So for Mitch, um, you want to be a skier. That's great. And I like that. <laughs> thank <laughs> you. Me, thank let, you. Yeah. Me, thank you. Sorry. Let me, let me recede into my judge persona. <laughs> yep. Um, but then you had to go on and flex about Switzerland. So I'm only going to give you two points cause oh. I'm jealous. So okay. that's me taking a point away from you. <laughs> and Nathan, I'm going to give you the full three points because you really appeased to my uh, area where I just want to really just stick it to the man. So you get three points for this round. And I'm going to go ahead with you as well to move on to your number three, Nathan. Uh, My number three is landing a plane and not flying a plane, (laughs) not taking off in a plane, landing a plane. You'll notice that this is sort of the reverse Al Qaeda uh, strategy. (laughs) Yes, it is. But I'm gonna go to a flight school, and I'm just gonna be like, just let's get to the landing. Let's. That's all I want to do is land the plane, because I I have I don't care about the rest. But once I learn to land a plane, I'm gonna do nothing but get on flights as often as I can, whatever cheap flights over and over again. And I'm additionally gonna learn how to sneak poison into people's foods. <laughs> I'm gonna poison the pilots, <laughs> and then yes. and then one day. One day it will finally happen. The law of averages will work out that that it'll happen. That the pilots will be incapacitated, and one of the the chief flight attendant will come out and yell, "Can anyone land this plane?" And then I'll just slowly step up, loosen my necktie, which I'll be wearing. Just I don't wear neckties, but I will for this mission. Of course, I'll loosen yeah. my necktie. I'll step up. I'll put on the headset. I'll talk to. Uh, air traffic control and I will bring that baby home <laughs> <laughs> and the headline the next day serial killer hero Lance <laughs> I was gonna say oh. that that took a very um, me turn I feel like there. that was great <laughs> very enjoyable Wait, so, I mean, and, but to poison the pilots you're, you're gonna have to put poison in all of the alcohol bottles that go in the plane you know, hope that they no. Drink you gotta you gotta pull a Foo Fighters, learn to fly here, and do it in the coffee, and then only you drink alcohol, so that you are the sober oh. one enough to to land the plane. There we go. See, yeah, you're right. Everyone drinks coffee, tea, water on that plane, but if Nathan just sticks to hard alcohol, he will be able to land that yeah, plane. Yeah, that's what could possibly go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, you, your nerves wouldn't be there if you had just a little bit of the old Wild Turkey 101 uh, coursing through the old bones, but, uh <laughs> And since I seem to be on some sort of uh, let's call out every piece of media I've ever seen in this episode, yeah. I mean, if Denzel can do it in flight being drunk and flip the plane upside down and bring it down safely, I think you can land the plane with a, with a couple of bottles of, of vodka in you. Oh, yeah. I might, even, I might even do the old Sully Sullenberger and just land it on the Hudson just for fun. Yeah. There may there may be an, uh, a landing strip available to me, but I I'll do the water landing anyways. I Next think I, I think Sully two electric boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> I think just after you loosen the necktie, that's when you down a whole martini, smash the glass on the floor, and be like, let's do this, puppy. And rub your hands together, you know. Um, I haven't flown since the war. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't uh, landed a plane since the last co- uh, flight crew I killed. So. <laughs> That's when I started my drinking problem. <laughs> All right, uh, Mitch, your number three. 
Uh, Brian, don't think I didn't see that. Uh, that I know. That I know. Reference. Okay. Uh, number three for me is this is um, full on perfect speed reading, but not the usual speed reading where you're where you're um, uh, just like um, glazing over the words. This is full, complete recognition and recall of everything I read. Um, which is similar to the uh, legendary reading skills of Teddy Roosevelt, which, you know, I'm pretty sure that's truthful. Who knows? It could it could be part legend. But um, right now, my wanting to read book list is approximately 315 books long. Um, and Show since, off. Since the first – since uh, January 1st of 2013, I just read my 100th book. So I want to read a lot more. I can finally swing through Robert Caro's epic on the famous builder Robert Moses. Uh, that book is The Power Broker. It's like 1,300 pages long. I'd do it lickety-split. I'd understand the origins of modern New York from the inside out. Um, I'd finish Edmund Morris's trilogy on Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, I'd gobble through Ron Chernow's Hamilton, Washington, Rocker, Rockefeller biographies. As you can tell, there's a lot of very big biographies that I want to read here that uh, are they're just, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're grisly things to, uh, to tackle. Infinite Jest, remember that? Get the fuck out of here. You're done in one rainy Saturday, motherfucker. Um, For those uh, of you out there who don't know Infinite and Jess, of course, the 1996 novel by American writer David Foster Wallace, which, yes. of course, everybody should know and totally yes. knows. Yes, yes. Thank you very much. Um, and I finally give some fantasy trilogies a shot, which normally I don't read a lot of fantasy, uh, starting with the King Killer Chronicles by Patrick Rothfuss. Um, and then I'd find a complete set of Harry Potter at a local bookstore, and before getting home with it, I'd tomahawk slam them right into a dumpster. Um, I know, lame hot take, but let's fight. No wands, only fists. Uh, fuck Harry Potter. Um, I'd pop across the pond then, and uh, I'd read all of Zadie Smith's work, because I've read one of her books, um, but I want to read more, and then I would steal Nathan's copy of Shakespeare's complete works, um, and I would I would zoom through that thing. Uh, like tissue paper. So. Just, just wait till I'm rescued from the island first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I would, I would. That would be, that would be incredible to be able to, you know, read, remember, and enjoy a book um, in, you know, a a fiftieth of the time or whatever it is. So, reading, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just gonna be harsh on you because you just shit all over Harry Potter real hard. <laughs> When the whole world fucking loves Harry Potter. Yeah, guess what? Yeah. I, I've I've read I've read a number of the books. Don't like them. I'm sorry. So I'm gonna buy a copy from a local bookstore. They're gonna get my money, and then I'm gonna put a whole set out of order so no one else can be bored by them. So um, wow. I might just light yes. the dumpster uh, on yes, fire let's, too. Let's deny people uh, <laughs> access to this uh, <laughs> item of pop culture that has given millions and millions and millions of people joy over the last twenty years. Well, you know what? Uh, it, it, it's made me feel guilty about not reading it, even though I didn't like it, and people still would give me crap about it. So I'm burning one set. It's you know, and I know that's horrible to say. I'm going to burn a book, and it's directly antithetical to this number three <laughs> skill I just listed. But I'm still going to do it. So I want to be able to read the book faster, so I can ignite them up to Fahrenheit 451 <laughs> even faster to watch them burn before my eyes, and nobody else gets a chance to benefit from said books. That's why reading is important. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Thank you very much. So, um, Nathan, you are clearly my hero in this point. Uh, I recently watched a a, a video uh, on YouTube of a air traffic control call of a plane where the pilot had died, and one of the passengers got into the seat and called air traffic control. Asked him, he was like. I haven't flown in 18 years, but I, I have 80 hours of experience. The pilot has just died. Help me bring her home. <laughs> and this Oof. real Southern guy, they got him on, on it and he landed the plane safely. But the second before the plane landed, air traffic control congratulated him. And the only thing the guy said, it ain't over till it's over. <laughs> <laughs> so he brought. I'm picturing this as the, the guy from that meme saying, uh, it ain't much, but it's honest work. <laughs> That's what he sounds like, pretty much. And then he was just like, nine or Delta whiskey, safely on the ground. <laughs> Five <laughs> souls on board, home safe. <laughs> so, uh, for reminding me of such heroics, you're going to get the full three points. And then over to Mitch for his uh, impressive way of powering through all these biographies. I, I was going to give you 77 points 
for this what? round because I was so impressed by it. Wow. But for shitting all over Harry Potter, I'm taking away 76. So you're walking away with one point. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You book-burning oh. son of a bitch. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, this kid's trilogy that um, has infected a bunch of young minds uh, to go against God and Jesus um, and <laughs> and the right. No, I'm kidding. I, I can't do that. But um, you don't even believe your own nonsense anymore. No, I don't. No, I just didn't. I'm sorry. I was bored by Harry Potter. I didn't think it was interesting. I thought it was very because you have no imagination. Look at all these damn biographies on your list. <laughs> Those are just the books I haven't gotten to yet because they're so goddamn large. I've, I've, you know, read a bunch of other ones. You know, Open so. your mind and explore oh your fantasy a little bit, bro. All right, Nathan, you're number two. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to respond to that. Well, this is, speaking of Harry Potter, uh, <laughs> <laughs> number you, two is... You better not say be the number one student at Hogwarts School of Wizarding Wimps. Witchcraft and wizardry. <laughs> uh, no, but I do want to know how to do magic tricks. Well, yeah. I want to be a world-class magician. Uh, <laughs> so, you may have noticed that uh, a couple things on my list would possibly help me in the romantic area. This one would not. <laughs> I mean, David Blaine does pretty well, I'm pretty sure. I was sure. just about to say, do you really need to know well, how to do tricks nowadays or just be able to hold your breath in this like, damn cold? Yeah, I don't want to like swallow oil and set it on fire within my own body or... or poke a, a nail through my cheek like I want to do like little just little sleight of hand little party tricks little things where you could just drop it into conversation like um, uh, well there's a coin shortage as we record this so maybe coin magic would be a little irresponsible but you know that's <laughs> sort not, of not, uh, not if you make more appear that's so. true maybe I would save the save and prevent us from going to a cashless society some but. would say coin magic is always irresponsible but uh <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I would, I, I would, I've tried to learn so many card tricks. Um, I always have several decks of cards around the house because I'm an avid card player and I've tried and it's just, I don't have the fine motor skills for it. It's just the sleight of hand, the, the forces and the, yeah, it's, I don't have it. So I, I wish I could be able to, it would be so fun to just be able to do some close up magic, just drop it into conversation. Like you find a little trick, you do some sleight of hand, people don't even notice it. They're like, wait, what is that? And you have to know enough to where you can move on because you can't repeat the same thing over over and over. Um, that's obviously rule number one of magic is you don't repeat the same trick twice. Um, and then, you know, I would like to have some some big showpiece things like I, uh, like the, the levitation tricks. And yeah, I don't just the uh, I, I get a, a sense of amazement. Like, I feel like a little kid again when I see like a really good magic trick, particularly if I see like somebody perform it up close. And, uh, yeah, I'd like to be able to let people recapture a little bit of that just for a second. And uh, then, you know, keep people uh, keep people on their toes. They don't know what to expect next from you. I, I applaud you deeply for in the pursuit of the um, of the dark arts, uh, if you will, um, <laughs> because I mean, like, obviously, it, I mean, you know me, I, I, I do enjoy magic. David Blaine is I, I'm a big fan. Um, David Copperfield held my attention very much as, as a child. You know, Chris Angel, fascinating. <laughs> a douchebag, but fascinating. Um, <laughs> but I, I just don't think any magic trick will ever, ever hold up to the greatest trick ever, which was how J.K. Rowling got a whole world of children to enjoy her book. So um, <laughs> I just don't, I, I don't, I don't know if there's a, anything's ever going to match that. So, but. That's all right. She's burning it down by revealing herself as transphobic. So she's doing it herself. <laughs> I, uh, I've always wanted to do the, the Steve Martin quarter trick where he just kind of lets it roll around his knuckles and he can keep going all the way. Like, even just having that little bit of a uh, fine motor skills. I've the, always uh, wanted press to press the digitation. Yes. That I've wanted. I had that, that, I had that word written down so, as a <laughs> note to make sure you work this word in. So you sound smart. All so right. there, I did it. <laughs> that, that's a point right there. That is successful. <laughs> that or uh, there was a guy recently. Alpha is one of the America's got talent shows or whatever, but his whole thing was doing very, very close up magic uh, on camera. And he was doing this trick where he had a white ribbon that he would just lay on top of a felt table and he had red cards and blue cards and he would start sliding it under the ribbon 
And his sleight of hand was so fast that it would change from a blue card to a red top card just by going under the ribbon, going super fast. And while he was even doing that, he would like you would blink for a second and then all of a sudden his vest would change like he was pulling things off and doing. It was amazing how fast he was doing it. So I commend you for having this on your list. And it's a huge inspiration to me. I want to be able to do some magic. But Mitch, your number two, bring us closer to home. Yes, of course. Um. Mine, I'm calling indecipherable mimicry. So I, I can sound exactly like anyone else. Um, and this is one hell of a party trick, right? I mean, this is uh, this will be unending fun. Um, constant pranks, constantly surprising people from behind. Um, as folks think, you know, I'm a significant other or a family member that should in no way be at this party right now. You're like, Wait, why is my Aunt Jane here? You know, and then you're like, just kidding, it's me, bitch. You know, uh, and uh, gotta do the hands. Yeah, exactly. The hands are high. You know, and, um, and you know, I, I just, I, I think I, I love to prank people. I love to scare people. Um, I'm, I'm kind of a Dennis the Menace in that way. Um, and then, of course, also whenever I hear any accent, I can do an immediate and perfect um, regeneration of that. Um, of any film or TV show I've ever watched. So from here on, I'm just going to be doing voice work. Obviously, that's easy work. And because of this incredible skill that I have, no company will ever have to hire and pay the big bucks to a celebrity voice because I can just do any celebrity there is. So then I create this very cool like power vacuum in the voiceover world where I become the entire industry. And then my <laughs> rates go up. And then I, you know, I'm just on VO Easy Street um, until the entire, all the voice work is mine. Wait, this, this, <laughs> this couldn't just be about mirth and merriment. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, you know, of course, you know, I'm doing all the best British accents like, hello, governor, you know, and, and <laughs> oh, a bit of pince pie for me, please, um, governor. And, you know, or the, um, or the, uh, the, the Boston accent, you know, like, um, uh, going down to the to the bow oh, that's australian See, i need the skill i need the skill i'm not perfect there yet so um i think it'll come in handy i think what but, you're trying to say is you wanted to pack the car in the harvard yard is what yeah, you're trying to go yeah, for yeah, yeah 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 let me get a bowl of chowder governor is that uh, <laughs> dang it i messed it up again i messed it up again crap bowl of chowder governor <laughs> All these I, dirty cops need to get off. The, see, and, th- and then I went Kennedy. I can't do a straight Boston, uh, Charlestown uh, bad boy. God, I, I just go into Australian every time. Oh, my I mean, God. Kennedy is basically Australian. <laughs> if you just add a little bit more high-pitchedness to it, the way you were doing it, it easily goes from Boston to Australia real fast. Me and all my brothers graduated from Harvard. I mean, yeah, maybe a little. I, I still <laughs> think I'm just it's close. It's close. I still, I still just think I have Aussie accent in my blood. Just no matter I think you what, do. So. I think, and I think Kennedy Boston is not normal Boston. So I think no, you're, no, no. You're all right there. Yeah. All right, so I got to score this up here, Nathan, uh, for appealing to my childhood whims. I was gonna only give you one point because this is just a sad, sad attempt to get women further and further away from you <laughs> but uh you appeal to it i do want to learn magic so you're going to get two points for this round um and mitch this would be a hell of a skill i was going to only give yeah. you two points i'm like oh man he just wants to steal it wants to be able to do voices and stuff but i'm like you turn it into total world domination yes and i like that as as today's uh machiavelli i wanted to see that happen so the fact that you're going to take everyone's job away from them and be able to succeed and be mm-hmm. the world's next billion first billionaire voice actor mm-hmm. uh, i'm going to give you the full three points for that round so i'm i'm, I'm just I, I totally forgot another aspect of this which could really bring it into another terrifying realm is i could easily catfish someone they think <laughs> they've just been chatting with their mother for the past you know a couple months Learning about, you know, whatever it is. Little did they know that you killed her and made her a lamp three months earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out it's just me the whole time, you know. You're lucky you you got your points already. Yeah, you're. (laughs) I have to start deducting for this sadistic thing. All right. uh, Let's go on to Nathan. Please give us your number one skill that you would like to have. This, it's my number one because this is the one that is actually most in the realm of fantasy for me because I am. 100% 100% deathly legitimate phobia afraid of knives. I don't keep any knives 
in the house, in the kitchen. If somebody's holding a big kitchen knife, I have to leave the room. I, I can like I can barely pick it up and move it from like the the dishwasher to the, the counter. I am terrified of knives, so I'll never be able to master my number one skill, which is fencing or sword fighting. Um, <laughs> oh. I would I would have I would have loved to have been able to be like a, like a stuntman in the movies. Like this all comes down from like in, in Lord of the Rings, all the great sword fights in Lord of the Rings. I would have loved to have done that. Um, I, I wanted to do like uh, a fencing club at some point, but my fear just uh, it overtook me. But I would I would love like I don't know what scenario this would come up in. Maybe it would just like perhaps I would have to be at some uh, some fancy uh, European palace where this is like the only way I can imagine this where there's like one of those enormous uh, ornate wall decorations with several swords coming out of it and then all of a sudden somebody's arch enemy comes in and insults the honor of of uh, the countess <laughs> and, then, and then I would have to I would have to reach into the, the thing and pull one down and say ah so the scallywag has met the scoundrel eh and everybody would part like the Red Sea and then we would we would have a duel until first blood and I would just slightly nick them underneath their uh, underneath their eye right here on the cheek oh. and then uh, and then we would drop our swords and, and shake hands and continue drinking uh, champagne out of glass slippers or whatever we're doing. <laughs> then everyone in the room would leave and then Nathan would puke into the nearest garbage can. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay, so Nathan, the most terrifying thing you could think of would be skydiving with like a whole backpack full of kitchen knives. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, yeah, and, and, and holding a candle with an open flame. That would, I, I don't know how it's staying uh, lit while we're falling at, yeah, sure. at uh, terminal velocity, but... Well, you've mastered yeah. magic by this point, so that's already taken care of. Okay, yeah. Is there, a, is there an inciting incident that created a deep fear of knives for you? Yes. Um... It is oddly enough, it is oddly enough, an episode of the hit 90s TV drama ER. Are you kidding me? I am 100% serious. The scene you were about to talk about scarred me for the better half of my single digit years. It is when uh, Dr. Carter, played Uh by Noah Wiley, is attacked by a patient who is played by the guy who was the elf in the Santa Claus, which wasn't helping things. Also, uh, uh, Harold and Kumar, who's one of his friends with Finch from American Pie. Yeah. can never remember this guy's name. But oh, he... Uh, I will look it up he, while you are discussing. He stabs Carter, and he also stabs, uh, I think, is it Lucy? Uh, I, I it can't was remember. Lucy. It I was think Lucy. maybe she died in the attack. I don't know. I don't remember the specifics of the episode, but I remember just the... And there's a, a shot of their, their, like, fall into the ground on, like, either sides of a hospital bed, and they're looking at each other helplessly, and... Um, I just it it was a very well shot scene of television but yeah. the it, it really made me my young brain think about like what it would feel like to get stabbed and it uh, that was that was the moment and I've never been the same. So and the the wow. most terrifying part of the scene is you see Dr. Carter come into a dark hospital room and then the door behind him moves a little bit as somebody with a knife approaches him stabs him in the kidney he falls to the ground. You see the bloody knife get hidden on top of a shelf as this patient escapes. And then underneath the bed, he is looking across to the other co-worker whose throat's been slit and she's been stabbed in the chest several times. This aired on network television in like 1996. Wow. Yeah. And I checked behind every door for years to come because of this one scene. Like it, it scarred me probably as much as it did Nathan, but in a different way. It was like entering rooms frightened me forever um so david crumholtz is the actor's name but mm, mm, mm-hmm. as everybody we, knows that we got we got crumholtz <laughs> we got crumholtz real hard <laughs> you mean but, uh you mean david stabs holes oh, oh sorry no, that's bad no, that's no. bad that all right bad. i can't talk about this anymore because it's bringing up total memories <laughs> i'm getting the sweats so mitch can you bring us to your number one wow yeah um absolutely my number one um is the ability to structure perfectly as I write. It's something I don't even have to think about. It's just when I'm writing anything, it's always perfectly structured. Whether it's a dramatic piece of writing, a piece of comedy, whatever it is, um, 
this would be a special talent. And first thing I'd do is I'd go back and I'd rewrite my great coming of age novel, Bravo Oscar Yankee, that I wrote in 2018, and I'd create the next Holden Caulfield character, forever being remembered as the next piece of literature that helps sad, privileged boys feel their feelings and, you know, really help kids get into reading for a couple months before the video games uh, reestablish their hold um, on their teenage minds. <laughs> but uh, also, creating all of the bedtime stories I read to my children. And yes, I know like kids don't maybe understand story structure necessarily, but you know that if a story is perfectly structured, then the chances of it goes up of them wanting to hear it night after night after night. I think that would be um, an incredible feeling. Top of the line, best ever, people will frame them. Birthday letters for my family and friends, um, perfectly structured to evoke tears and then instill deep guttural laughter at the right points. Obviously, wedding toasts would be a part of the arsenal. Thus, I'd get tons of wedding invites. I'd, I'd have like five viral wedding speeches. That means I'd get a lot of cake. I'd get to do a lot of dancing, a lot of joy. So you can't really go wrong with that. Um, and then another one, writing movies would be like one draft. That's all you need, right? I mean, it's like I've got enough ideas rolling around in my head, I think. Structure, boom, one draft, done ship it off you write 30 in a year you know five get bought maybe even less you're you're sitting on easy street um and thinking about the old fort in my backyard as a kid and coupling that with this little dog that made me cry once when i thought it was attacking me and i don't know what the story is there necessarily but with this i'd have a perf perfectly structured one and it would work and it'd be a great family adventure romp um that would play for years to come uh disney plus would buy it for huge bucks uh that'd be great and then i think i don't usually look towards legacy things on this podcast i feel like I'm more i feel like i'm more sort of um you know uh go towards like the in the moment or like the or the murdering bent um even though i've never <laughs> murdered anyone um but with this convicted I would, convicted no never convicted no <laughs> acquitted um so um but right writing writing letters and or stories or um like packages of letters to friends and family as like last wills and testaments so like uh, you know, son, you know, my son Archie opens this letter at seven, opens another one at like 13, another one at 18, another one at like 25. So like being able to leave this like nice written um, uh, keepsakes for all my family. And then of course, like who doesn't want to be immortalized in, in literature forever um, to have their ideas be out there? Um, you know, it, like it, it won't do me any good when I'm when I'm rotten in the in the in the landfill uh, as a dead body getting picked apart by I, birds. But I think my family would appreciate it. I, I have two thoughts. Yep. I, I like how in your wildest number one skill fantasy, the manuscripts you sent out only have a seventeen percent success rate. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because and, they're perfectly structured. But I want to have the challenge of still generating ideas. Okay. You know, like. I don't want it to just be like, oh, another perfect movie. Oh, another perfect movie. Oh, another perfect movie. You know, like I want there to be a little gristle, a little fight, you know. But then you you also died leaving behind a seven-year-old child. <laughs> this is Well, Nathan, Nathan, uh, I'm gonna have a very young wife. Uh, no, um, no, I, I mean, you know what I'm saying. A, a grandchild then, a grandchild or a great-grandchild can can, you know, read these letters. And I had a really big question here, too. It's actually for Nathan. Nathan, have you ever received even a poorly structured birthday letter from Mitch? Because <laughs> I've got I, nothing. I think, I mean, maybe a, a, a text message with a few grammatical errors. <laughs> <laughs> my voice my to text does not work that great. I'm sorry, but I couldn't take the time to, to make, the, make the corrections. So, no. All right. Well, Mitch, I'm going to go ahead and score yours first because this is definitely a skill I'm... I'm jealous of, but I would definitely want this skill, but I'm not going to punish you for it because I think this would make us all very rich if you had this skill. So I'm going to award you uh, two points plus Thank a you. bonus point for all the Amer uh, all the awards and uh, uh, money you. you're going to be getting us. So you're going to be getting you. the you. full three points for this. Well, well, Brian, Brian I, I would I would go so far as to say that you have this this skill. You're a structure guy, I feel like. I, I, feel I like, like you know how to I, structure. I think I I appreciate structure, but I don't think I uh, can deliver it 
the way it needs to be delivered. So okay. I think I'm in the same boat. I, I appreciate good structure, but definitely need to bring it uh, to this. Nathan, I was going to give you um, three points because I really, really enjoyed uh, being able to see you fence in the medieval times. But then you had to bring up this horrible memory from childhood. <laughs> and I have to bring it down to one point because, holy shit, I haven't thought about that in years. And now I have to go to sleep tonight. So I have to check doors again for at least the next six months. So you, guys, you guys, ER was a filmed fictional television show. I'm just, I want to remind you guys of that. Well, while I tally up the points, discuss among yourselves. What are what is another great '90s drama that you wish you could rewatch? Please discuss. Oh my gosh! '90s drama. I mean, X Files seems. I I think that's kind of a yeah. drama procedural. I love that one. Um, that's a that's a pretty good answer. That one's good. And I didn't watch a lot of dramas in the '90s. Yeah, I, I was. It, I was I mean, too busy watching Wings. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I was Friends, Simpsons, Seinfeld, Will and Grace. Um, Just, I think the most dramatic show I watched was Doogie Howser because it didn't have a laugh track. <laughs> <laughs> I think, right. think mine might have been Power Rangers. Um. <laughs> All right, the scores have been tallied, and I have made a horrible mistake. What's that? We have a tie at twelve points. So oh we need my to go, gosh! We need to go to a sudden death match. <laughs> what is the skill that you wish that I had, Mitch? You go first. Oh my god! <laughs> um, okay. Um, I think I think for you it is it is it is one draft, perfect screenplays. That is a good answer, Nathan, for the final point. And to win it all, what skill do you wish that I had? I wish that you had the skill to water ski aboard two live alligators. <laughs> Shit, that was so good. That was so, so good. That is so fucking cool. <laughs> to give the point to Nathan. And today's winner at 13 points is Nathan for making me look fucking badass. <laughs> Not even jumping the shark, just riding the gators. So that is a pretty good decision. Wow, wow. Thank, thank you, ma'am. What a great answer for Nathan. And now we can't go away without listening to my fast five passive aggressive computer errors. Here we go. Number five. When rewriting uh, your resume for the fifth time in two years, Microsoft Word decides to serve up a friendly pop-up. Are you sure you meant to fill this shit with blatant lies? <laughs> Then that fucking paperclip man shows up and gives you a better way to falsify your resume, and you can't even do this right, so how the hell are you supposed to land that job? <laughs> Number four, when cropping that perfect photo you took on vacation in Photoshop to post on your Instagram with four followers, you receive the following error. Would you like to edit more than just selfies? Deep down, you know she's right. You take the photo. You take the photo of you in a sombrero and trash it, opting for a sunset landscape instead. <laughs> Number three, when filling so your dark. Amazon cart with groceries because you're too ashamed to go out in public after gaining your quarantine 55, you decide to stock up on everything just in case. When did you mean to add these condoms? Your phone records show no interactions with females in 17 months and they are the wrong size. May we suggest a Trojan minis for your below average shaft? You sigh and add them to your cart anyway. Number two. <laughs> While taking the last error message's advice, you sign up for a dating app to get yourself back out there. You fill it with the basic things you like to do, your favorite movies, and a genuinely lovely sentiment about enjoying life with a significant other. And then... Your depressing description has matched 487 other lonely men in your area. Here are sites available on the World Wide Web where you can hire writers that will make you sound more like a man and less than a fucking sad chode. <laughs> so, you have to hire somebody else to make you lovable to everybody else. And the number one passive-aggressive computer error. After months of trying to succeed, you've gotten a new job that pays all right. You've met someone and things are going well. And 
you and your lady are going out strolling and you're getting a bit peckish, so you take out your phone to make a reservation. Siri, what are some restaurants near me with a table for two? You mean one. No, no, no. I mean two. Are you sure? Wouldn't you rather eat somewhere cheaper by yourself? Listen to me, you electronic slut. Put in my goddamn (laughs) reservation for two at the nearest romantic restaurant. Now! My latest contact tracing results show a female near you has left. Your watch reads an elevated heart rate and perspiration. It's all for the best. Dinner will now be cheaper as your checking account is already overdrawn. Enjoy your Big Mac and thanks for using Siri. Fuck you. <laughs> and that's this week's edition of Uber Cinco. Sitting just feet away from his elongated kitchen and stainless steel chopping block has been... Uh, bitch break, man! And bitch break, in, man! Sorry. And seated in front of a wall of heroes and inspiration has been... Nathan Hedenfen. And I have been Brian Ernst, and as BizBear always says, a slotted carving knife makes quick work of your salmon slicing and your enemies. Auf Zane and adios. You've just listened to Uber Cinco, a production of UBK Studios. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your fine podcasts from. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, please visit our Patreon site at patreon.com slash ubkstudios. Every little bit helps us keep the lights on and the bill collectors at bay. Keep tabs on us on all the social media at UBK Studios, and most importantly, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can see that we really are just a bunch of good Midwestern boys. (laughs) 